I was able to kind of dissect and we're talking about the bottoms of the feet and all of the different nerves. And um, so I did uh, Tom Myers anatomy trains, um, untreated cadaver lab, which is amazing because when cadavers are untreated, you are actually able to move them around. And within this project, um, we left certain types of Tom Myers is one of the people that really heavily studies different types of fascial lines. And that is kind of like how the fat fascial tissues are connected from one muscle to the next muscle group and how it creates this conversation. This is a very loose description in between tissues that, you know, if you, you know, were to loosen one part of your body, it's part of a fascial train that would probably be that could be interconnected to another part of your body as it kind of moves through. So there's these, um, instead of a muscle just treating whatever the rectus femoris, the one of the the one of the quads, um, you are in essentially dealing with a fascial line that is threaded through the body. So it's how these fascial tissues are connected. And so as I was looking at the bottoms of these feet, which I think some people were very uncomfortable with because it is it is an uncomfortable thing to look at. The feet are hard. Um, <laughs> feet some, are hard. Pe- some people have a lot of trouble with feet. I, I don't have a problem with feet. No, but... like what the tissues actually look like is hard. Oh, right, right. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> it's, but, some people do have issues with feet. They do. Some good issues and some bad issues. We can talk about that next if you'd like. I have experience, not my own personal experience, but, uh, you know, people on the internet have have a foot fetish. (laughs) Have a big foot fetish. So, but when you talk about people grounding with your feet, it's, it's kind of the same I was talking about with the new millennials that with their hands is that their feet are actually kind of like in a dead positioning as well, as far as they, they don't know that they're part of their body. And so it is remarkable when you start to try to wake up the bottom of people's feet to even get them to connect. So, you know, we went from talking of a moment of all and having that kind of connection of grounding. So what is grounding, right? Like, is it just standing? Is it a moment of all? Is it understanding you have 10,000 quadrillion nerves at the bottom of your feet? Is it your breath? Is it your posterior chain? Like, I love the concept of like, how can we and I think that goes back to the beginning of our conversation of what is curiosity and how can you stay curious is that nobody is ever right. There's not the way of anything. It's a way. And how can you get lost in the gray matter to me? Yeah. I mean, well, and that's the thing too. There's like so many things bombarding my brain all at the same time. The thing for me is that we all change over time. Our bodies change. Our thought processes change. There are people who are resistors of change. I was a previous huge resistor of change. Mm. And that led to a lot of, um, a lot of self-imposed pain that I didn't need to have because Mm -hmm. I, it it was, it was fear-based, right? I mean, and that came from childhood, right? From things Mm. I learned as a kid. And so it, to me, I mean, I've always been curious. I've always been and supposedly that's one of the characteristics of being a Gemini. And and yes, I'm a Gemini. But I, I've always been so interested in where do people came, come from? 
How did you end up here? Why did you make that choice? And not because I'm trying to place a value judgment, but I'm curious. It's like, what was your thought process? Why did that happen? Why did you take that bend in the road? And, you know, and some people think I'm nosy. I, I truly am just curious about where people come from and how they end up where they are and what happened in their journey along the way and what sort of things that they learned that surprised them or things that were not surprising or, you know, whatever it is. That's a part of how I ended up creating this podcast was because I just find it infinitely interesting to have people tell their stories. Most women don't have the platforms to do that, nor do they get invited much to do that. And so just asking people, ordinary people, not people who are celebrities or anything else is like, will you come on my podcast and just tell me your story or tell, you know, let's talk about your story. Mm. And it's interesting. There's a lot of people that start out really uncomfortable with that. And then I get a lot of comments from people later. It's like, wow, you really got me to talk about stuff (laughs) I never would have talked about or something I've never talked about before or invited them to step way outside their comfort zones of being able to actually speak you know, and realize it's going to go out into the world beyond just their their group of friends. And I think all of that is all tied together, that sensory perception that, I don't know, it's just, there's so much about the body that we know, and there's still so much about the body that we don't know, that we may never know, Mm-mm. especially when it comes to the brain. You know, there's so much oh. in the brain that we'll never know anything about. Brain, memories, well, they've done so many studies yeah. on memories. Memory alone, alone is I, it just a forever uh, a tappable resource of like investigation to, you know, Carl Jung's research on dreams and dreams interpretations to, the, and even uh, Freud's, but his concept was interesting. Um, but... <laughs> You know, I mean, it all is, uh, is, uh, quite, and I love another concept I love and passionate about is change. For me, I yeah. like to, I'm fascinated by people's discernment and when people find clarity yeah. and the power in that clarity of, you know, uh, for me, <laughs> in my head, I have a lot of people in there and, um, they all talk <laughs> and they all have. They all talk. They have opinions. They all, they all have opinions. And Very specific you know, opinions. most most often, and they're not. They are not in agreement. So when people have clear discernment on an, an idea and they are unwavering, I am like, you are a unicorn. Like, how yeah. did you get everybody in there to do the same thing? <laughs> to all dance on the, the same steps at the same I time. I mean, that what? is crazy. You know, well, and if when you you bring up discernment and and I love that word, and I love the concept behind it, and I sometimes am dismayed by the lack of discernment that certain people have, and I wonder about the fact of is it that they just they've never thought about it or that they're afraid to step outside of their habitual thought patterns of what they were raised with, what they know in moving around those. I think of them as the bumpers they put on a bowling lane so that your ball doesn't go into the gutter. Mm. That those, even though they, they may not actually think those things still are good. It's, it's what's familiar 
mm-hmm. and the sense of the unknown is too frightening. Mm-hmm. That to widen their space of knowledge and acceptance is too scary mm-hmm. because they're afraid of negative response from people in their lives. They're afraid of negative response from society. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of looking at some of this stuff as we're looking at the racial injustice. And, right. you know, you and I, you and I are both white women. Yep. And we both, I think, come from the standpoint that we would want everyone to be treated with equality. Mm-hmm. And that the thing that's hard for me sometimes is, is that it, when you hesitate to want to do or say something because you get pushback from someone because it isn't the way that they want you to do it, then it isn't the right way. Yeah. And so it's, I think it's that same way with discernment is if you're not thinking the same way that I am about this, then that's not the right way to think. Right. And I think that has bled over into our politics. Oh, it's it, every it's religion. It's, it's just, it's so, and it's like, I think people are not as far apart as everybody wants us to believe that we are. And that if we actually sat down and looked each other in the eye, now granted in the age of COVID, that would be six feet apart <laughs> and wearing a mask, which makes it difficult to see the rest of the facial expression. <laughs> but to actually have a conversation while we look at each other without blaming, without, and being able to say, Tell me more about why you feel that way. I'm not going to necessarily say I'm going to agree with you, but I'm curious to know why you believe that. Yeah, I think uh, I have a little bit to say to this. <laughs> um, you know, with my experience. I was hoping you would. <laughs> I can speak to this a bit. Um, you know, having going through this experience, having a social media uh, platform that's a decent size. Um, you know, uh, it's not my identity by any means, but, um, it is a way for, um, me as a woman to have a voice. And, uh, and yeah, I don't even think I understand that. Um, you know, for me growing up, um, I was never, I was, I, you know, I was Irish Catholic family with native, uh, roots and in one part of my family, but, you know, that, part was long gone by the time I got here. And the Irish Catholic was, you know, push everything under the rug, everything, you know, shush, Don't, shush, don't shush. talk about the elephant in the room. No, 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 no. So as far as having a voice and going through childhood abuse, I never spoke. And I was, you know, and I still don't know how to speak that well. I'm working on it, you know, but so for me to all of a sudden have this platform for a voice to use, I was like, I need to, this is the time, Aaron, to understand your voice. And so when I talk about, you know, it's interesting here, I was just mentioning getting plagued with discernment. There was an, it was an unwavering uh, moment of discernment when it came to what had happened and what arised with Black Lives Matter campaign for various reasons. But when I, what I see, uh, you know, from this perspective of Instagram and social media is everyone is trying to prove everyone else wrong. So, and it's, it's so moving so far away from purpose and actual change. 
Uh, it lacks organization. And it actually, to me, and my observance of it seems very self seeking, because it's ego driven to if I prove you wrong, then that means I'm right. And, and so and then I win. But I don't know what you're winning. I don't know where I don't know where you're going with this. So I've had I've had these types of conversations of where they say, you know, they make their little memes, if that's what they're even called. And they say, <laughs> have the hard conversations. And I, I want to know what's happening after these hard conversations. Because yeah. for me, um, I did have the hard conversations. And, you know, I started talking with all the students of like, well, what's happening now? Like, when you realize that your your positioning's not aligning with somebody else's. I have a, a, a friend of mine that I share a lot of common beliefs with, uh, not beliefs, but uh, activities and, and things where I've never gave her a, a, a whole write-up. <laughs> I'm like, here, check these lists off. Tell me if you believe in this, because if you do, I'm not talking to you anymore. Like, are you pro-choice? Because if you are, we're gone. You know, like, what's the bottom lines for us? And now this is what has created this yep. kind of platform of what are the bottom lines? How are you having these conversations? You know, um, because, you know, I am feeling these types of resistances. And then, you know, people are just picking apart. Well, you used the wrong emoji here and you said the wrong thing. And it's like <sighs> over and over again, do I have, we're all learning. Like, and then people say all lives matter. And, you know, here I am going into this, like as a psychological thing of like, Let's just take the example and not, you know, of when somebody's feelings are hurt or something was done wrong to somebody and they come to you and they say, hey, you know what? I need to I want to tell you this. And mm -hmm. then you say, yeah, well, everyone feels that way. It's a poor it's kind of a poor example. But here's the thing is people have the right to be heard. And that is what we're talking about here. And then you know, for I've had other people, I've had so many different types of people approach me with different opinions. They've told me to get my pretty little face out of politics and keep just uh, doing yoga, mm -hmm. that I'm just a sheep well bad that if I'm a sheep, you know, um, that, you know, tons of things, it's not gonna at this point, it only kind of created a moment of where they, you know, I've had a, t a ton of, of, of white men come to me and saying, black women's voices, they don't need to be amplified, because they just got an opportunity to share the mic. And I was like, you know, there's no inequality there. And I was like, first of all, just in women in general, there's an inequality. And if you Equality, don't see that, yes. then I, you know, I'm not even going to and then let alone this, the centuries of things that have happened to the to the black people's race, like that is completely and I probably just said that wrong, too. But I'm trying, I'm learning and I'm growing, right? <laughs> you know, and, and I am the first person to be like, Hey, you know what did I, you know, how can I help? What can I do? You know, kind of thing. And so I just think that when there's organization around something, and there's an acknowledgement of other people's feelings, and that something happened, then we can, you know, go back to talking about all lives matter. But if we're still arguing, saying that all lives matter and not addressing what's actually happening, you're just suppressing it and continuing what has happened when we're trying to seek change. So, it's, hey. it's so yeah, well, and you know, and here's the thing, here's, here's an example that I've just seen in the last couple of days. Now, I, the oldest of my four nieces is going to be 22. She's going to school down in Portland State. She's been doing a lot of protesting. Mm. There was a photo or a video going around of a young woman in Portland wearing a, be a beanie and a mask and nothing else. 
and doing yoga in front of the police line and how it was described by this one media person that I have seen was that she came out of the ether of the uh, tear gas spent some time doing the, the, the yoga poses and got up and disappeared. And no one knows what her name is. And she posted a picture and there were so many people that commented on the fact that she was white, that it was performative, that she was centering herself and all of these other, all of these other commentaries. Oh, I haven't heard of this yet. Okay. So I reached out to my niece and I said, do you happen, were you there when this happened? And she said, no. And I said, do you know what I'm talking about? And she said, yes, I do. And I said, I'd like to get this young woman on the podcast. And I said, and I understand they're trying to keep her identity secret because of backlash and potential arrest. But I said, I'd like her to tell her story. And I said, I saw a post where they were talking a lot about the fact that she was a white woman and all of these things. And she said, Aunt Sherry, she's not white. And she said, and not only that, they tear gassed her before she made it out of there. Mm. And I said, do you know what hit me about this whole thing, Lily, is that this woman with no clothing on one of the most vulnerable places, especially for a woman to be naked, surrounded by testosterone energy, right? That police line, that all of that aggressive, surrounded by that. She walked down that vulnerable space. She did whatever she did. And then she left. And I said, her softness was the most powerful thing in that space, in that moment in time, surrounded by all that testosterone and all of those trappings of people who believe that that means power, those big vehicles, all of those weapons there, you know, all of that spells power, power to them. And she shattered all of that. And it said to me, Hmm. Two things. One, it's a part of what scares the shit out of men, the old guard men, mm -hmm. and women who rely on the system of the old guard men, is that when women get together and they support each other, we can change things because we have so much power that we don't even know. Yeah. And two, people make assumptions about things that they see without even knowing the actual truth of what it really was. Yeah. How detrimental that that can be. And my niece saying they are closely guarding this woman because she is so worried for her safety. Wow. I need to check this out. I want to see kind I'll, of I'll, how I'll I can send, support. I can find it and, and send you some links to look at. Hmm. But it was incredible to me that that whole thing hmm. happened. And I, I saw the softness in it, right? And the power in that softness. Mm. And that how important that is and that people are missing it because they're talking about the fact she's white, she's this, probably yeah. brought her own photographer, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, well, everyone is trying to look for the wrong. They're trying to, it's very interesting. It's so interesting what happens when people are faced in these types of situations. I, um, what I think was really, really unique and impactful during this past one of my, one of my moments of like, wow, I don't think people know this. I was talking to one of my students, she's black and we were, we were having a really great conversation and, you know, she's sharing her experiences just about teaching and the whole, whatever, everything that's been going on. I, 
I think she's around my age. She might be a couple of years younger than me, which I'm 38. So somewhere around 35, maybe. She was telling me of a story of her growing up and her being, and we we're talking about how we didn't have like computers and things look different back then. And, you know, doing that whole conversation talk. And she said, yeah, I remember being in high school and we were learning about typing and how anybody with dark skin was not allowed to use the computer. And that we had to stand against the wall. Oh, and, Jesus. And I was like, I think people need to realize that this wasn't something that happened 100 years ago. This isn't out of sight, out of mind. Like, this just happened. Like, it's happening. Yeah. It's still happening. I mean, and I mean, and so I think that that is kind of the thing of where people think, oh, this existed once. I can't take responsibility for it. It's existing every day. you know and all over you know could talk a whole lot more on the war on drugs obviously being a sober woman um i have a lot of i have a lot of emotions and not not emotions i have a lot of facts about this type of thing and you know the the criminalizing aspects of people that are uh you know struggling through addiction Whew, that's a whole big topic of itself but i do well, think that it's fair to bring it to light in con- in conjunction to you know the events that have brought forth you know black lives movement again to the surface you know with george floyd and and the criminalization of him as a druggie quote unquote um because i think that that term is a terrible term to use towards people and is. humans um, you know, and I think that that brings towards light, but that also brings towards light a lot of more issues of what we're talking about, what, you know, what is happening with the, you know, repression of black people, their voices, their experience in America. And I'll be the first to say that as a white woman with a page and here, here I'm asked to amplify black voices which i'm happily to do so but then you're kind of like but i'm white like i don't want to be a white savior but here you can take my account you know then you run into the cultural stuff that goes with it of donate yeah. money but you're white so you throw money at it so then you know you can't not nothing get you, it's like you can't on. do anything right right I, you know i have had i've got had not as many black women on the pod as i would like but the ones that I have had and the ones that I have spoken to, they talk about the fact, and this is something that I brought up, is that the media and the politicians, they want to divide and conquer. Yeah. And so that is why these things happen. Yeah. And social media has played played into that is Mm -hmm. they don't realize that those patterns of behavior and those attitudes that they're having keeps pushing us farther apart. And mm-hmm. I get it. I'm white. I don't have the same experience that you do. Mm-mm. I'm never going to. And you know what? There's somebody down the street who's also white. And that woman, she doesn't have the same experience that I do. Mm-mm. And definitely doesn't have the same experience that you do. So let's just look at it as we all have a different experience. And the only way that we can come to any sort of space where we can have some sort of understanding is by sharing our experiences with each other and recognizing them. Right. Yeah. And I think and it, not, hey, well, that happened to me too. You know what? Yeah. Maybe it did happen to you. However, I, why I, didn't, I never really cared for the, for the me too movement because it was a one up. Each one was a one up. It's instead of joining together, it felt this very interesting, like my me too stories that this mine's like this. It's like, 
okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, um, and it's the same sort of, it all sucks. It, it's, it, it, it is what it is at this moment. And I think that really, you know, once you start to get the people together, cause I've, I, I have really found some incredible experiences with the black lives um, matter uh, movement that's happening. I mean, mind blowing, earth shattering, super impactful enriching experiences through this. So I'm not painting this all about it all. And a lot of it has been um, so incredible of pulling together the health and wellness community and, you know, really like learning and leaning on each other. Cause you know, we had that connection with uh, share the mic campaign that we did last week of where, right. you know, a bunch of uh, black women and, and white women kind of came together shared forces and and the the type of energy that came from that and uh information is just it's like it it, it changed my life and i know i've received a ton of information i think where we need to like learn and i think this is kind of like comes into a little bit of what we talked about earlier is that some people will never see that will never get that and it's not our job to change their mind nope and that may not ever happen for them. I don't know why it is. I don't know why certain things. What I realized when, when we kind of started this talk um, and I was talking about my friend who has completely different views than me is that for me, what I see common sense is like, yeah, this happened. Like, how could you even question that this happened? <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm naive to think that other people would have thought otherwise. And right. And these other people are looking at me from their vantage point and they're saying the same thing about me is how can she not see that this didn't happen or that this didn't happen? Yeah, the opposite. So and I'm like looking at them and they're looking at me like, huh, (laughs) like how can that be so different? So I think at that point, instead of, you know, the anger, people want to put their anger out somewhere. I mean, this came out after a pandemic. People have been sitting home in their shit for long enough, you know, and like not, you know, they're trying to release. And so people are wanting to point the finger. They want to categorize. We want to label. We want to put things in containers. That is uh, what we're comfortable doing. Um, But I think it's really just acknowledging that like, hey, you know what? We're not going to see the same. And I don't know why you're still here talking to me about (laughs) why I should get my pretty little face out of politics because I I don't feel the same. (laughs) Well, and and the reality is, is that in social media, it's my page. All right. It's my shit. I admit that I have strong opinions. I admit that sometimes I say and do the wrong things because you know what? I'm fucking human and everybody makes mistakes, including you. Someone said yesterday, humans do human shit. You're allowed to do human shit. And I was like, thanks. (laughs) And you know, so so when you are, and, and I don't believe in perfection. And I do believe that the moment that we stop learning new things about ourselves, about our world, about other people is the moment that we die inside. Mm. Whether we're still animated and moving in this plane or not, we die inside when that happens. And my thing is, is like, you know, I just want to try and find a common ground for as many people as possible. I'm not going to believe the same things you do about everything. 
and that's okay. Mm. But if we can still find a common ground to be able to come together and work together for the greatest possible good, I'm down for that. You know what? I would love people to know what it feels like to say, I'm wrong. It is the most freeing feeling in the world. It to is. say like, you know what? I got that wrong. I, you know what? I don't even need to justify it. Like I just saw it way different. I was wrong. I was wrong. Like scream it at the top of a mountain. I was wrong about something. Free yourself of the chains of the parameters of thinking that you always have to be right. Like, why don't we instead challenge what we think is right? Because the cultural constructs that were laid out for us before we were even born, as we grew, we didn't have a choice. We didn't have our own choice. So when we talk about God and who is God and what is God, like, did you make that choice? Have you consciously chosen on what God or God isn't? Do you know what your own belief is or was it given to you? It's the same kind of fastness of like, say you're wrong. It's so exciting. It is so liberating to start to just admit that things don't have to be a certain way. And I think that that is where, like, that's what I would want for anybody (laughs) is that when I got... When I got sober, that was the thing. It's like, you have to be rigorously honest. You have to air your dirty shit. You have to say things that are just so humiliating, so embarrassing to a group of people that actually turn around and they say, I did that too. And you're like, oh, (laughs) oh. So the the freedom is that our secrets keep us sick. And it's progress, not perfection. So it's just this realizing that this container is a product of your own personal suffering. Continuing. Yep. The more you want to keep fighting that you're right about something or trying to force your belief on somebody else, it it, it loses meaning and intention. And, and well, and and you, and you're stuck in that space. I'm thinking about Brene Brown in a podcast that she was on and she talked about, I'm here to try and do right, not be right. Mm, Yeah. She's great. She's got some great things. (laughs) She she has some, some, some things I go, Oh, I need to think about that a little more. Yeah, but you know what? You know what hit me the other day is my granddaughter is three years old. She'll be four in November, and we were doing something. I can't remember whether it was at the park or something. And it's the first time I'd heard her verbalize it to me. But something about well, if he wins, then I lose, or if they win, then I lose. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, honey, there. This isn't a competition." Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you lose mm. in this space or, or what it, and I don't know where she saw that. If, if it's something she's watched on TV the, about winning and losing and that way, if that person right wins. And wrong. Then I, well, it's when duality starts to kind of take shape, that's a really strong, um, suggestive, uh, uh, learning lesson for children as they grow is when they start to understand and learn duality. So, you know, and they relate to right and wrong to, to winning and losing. Well, and you know, and my daughter's a clinical psychologist who's a drug court therapist, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, she, she does drug court therapy. So she's, and she worked in the King County jail for three years 
as a release coordinator to try and help people get services as they were coming out and saying, you know, mom, fully 80% of the people in jail are mentally ill. Well, yeah, they are. I mean, I was, um, and it's more of that. Ah, yeah. I mean, I've done, I, I mean, I'm with her. I, <laughs> I mean, I, my degree is in painting and psychology. I, I wanted to do an art therapy thing. I moved into a bit of a different direction, but I strongly feel that. I mean, it's definitely, Oh uh, yeah, I you could get me going for another twenty five minutes on that. So I'm just gonna <laughs> not. But yes, yes, yes to all of that that she said. We've we've gone a, had a really long talk, and um, <laughs> I was afraid we wouldn't be able to capture all of the essence of Mondays. But I think we went well way beyond that, um, and I may break this up into two two uh, different posts so that we don't overwhelm everyone with a, a 90 minute podcast. But um, we'll I want to do yoga you. movement and then <laughs> bowl into, you know, black lives matter. But I just, I so appreciate your perspective and your willingness to talk with passion about what it is that is interesting to you what it is that in some senses drives you i the uh, there was a wistfulness from you that i sensed on monday about wanting to have a home wanting to create a base that home base that that space of being able to maybe create all of those things that the art barn and the obstacle course and all of those things that you're you're feeling bubbling up that you want to bring forward and that sense of maybe feeling of loss of not getting the property that you were looking at. And, and I, I know that I made the comment of, you know, well, maybe there's something bigger and better. And then today you mentioned something that you didn't say on Monday that you have the contingency plan or something. Oh yeah. I have the backup offer. That's me just being hopeful. I, I, you know, I am sensitive to that. I'm still living out of a suitcase and I, it is a lot of surrender. It is a constant surrender. I, I, I don't think unless you live this way, like, you know, <laughs> um, what it's like to have no real material possessions that and I think it's great. I'm not asking for it. It's just it's more of like, you know, it's that sensation you talked about laying on the driftwood. I want to just put my stuff down. Like I, I want to put my put my luggage down and roll in the dirt like that's and I want it to be I want it to be part of me I want the dirt and now a lot of people say well the home is where the heart is I've investigated all of this kind of stuff I've been doing this for a while you know well, I was I, gonna say you've, you've been living that for a long time yeah so. and I I'm not sure you know I it is a very sensitive thing so we shall see what the future brings as far as like ha, have I discovered or found any kind of resolution of what home is um you know I I I don't I don't know maybe next maybe this year maybe next year maybe tomorrow (laughs) well and you know the thing is is that it can show up when you least expect it you can turn the corner and all of a sudden all of those voices in your head will come to consensus and you'll go oh shit okay the only time that ever happens is when i'm with my students that's the only time where i'm like that's my home this is it 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I I so get that. That's the the thing that I miss so much is mm-hmm. I it's a shift to teach online for live stream stuff and do pre-recorded, which I've done both of those in the past. That's not new for me at this point in time. It's new for me to be doing it as for as long as I have. Yes. And I'm a person who feeds off the energy in the room. And I am not someone who sits down and plans out an entire class mm. and walks in with that agenda. Because what I like is I like to see who walks through the door, feel the energy in the room. Yeah. And I have the cornerstones of where we start and how we end and kind of an idea of what goes on in the center. But a lot of it, I teach on the fly and teach on based on what I see going on in mm. the room. And you know what? And my thing is, is I've been practicing for 26, 27 years and teaching for 18. If I can't teach like that now, I got no business teaching. <laughs> for me, that's, and I, and I try to get my students to understand that. And they thank you so much. And it's like, I get just as much from you as you get from me. Yeah. And oh, they don't. Thing- I don't think well, they know. <laughs> they don't. They don't understand that. And I said, I can walk into this room and I can not feel good. I can be stressed out. I can be, you know, whatever else is going on in my day. And I walk through this door and I take five minutes to plug into the energy and it totally changes yeah. my day. I know. I was, so, in, I was in a relationship once where... Um, the person didn't understand how, why being of service to my students was so important to me. And I, I was like, this is the cornerstone of my, my existence. Like this is, this is so the, the import, my, the importance of it just wasn't heard nor felt. It was the, the fact of the being of service and being a part of something. And I, I don't know. It's that sense of awe. It is the sense of awe. <laughs> and I feel that we all deserve to know that that uh, that all maybe maybe that's where my home is maybe all is home maybe that's it and maybe we need to stop putting it on a pedestal and start receiving all on a daily basis well (laughs) i would have to say you know what that sounds pretty good to me (laughs) thank you so much (laughs) uh, you know what i just i love you dearly i thank you so much for making the time to be here and have these fantastic conversations this is a part of what drives me to continue to do this because it's a lot of work that I do all myself, but it is so important to me. Even if there's just five people out there listening to an episode that those five people hear this story, right? That they hear this conversation and that somewhere in there, some little tiny nugget of wisdom dot planted a seed and they got something out of this conversation because that's you know, that's all I have control over is, is that I can release it into the universe with the best intention and hope that it's well received. I have so much love and respect for all of my ladies of the pod for donating their time and sharing their hearts and their passions and their secrets (laughs) and all of, you know, all of the, the rawness that it is to be a woman and be a woman in this space and time. And, uh, well, you're so highly appreciated for, you know, elevating women's voices 
of all races. And um, I, I am so honored and humbled and I thoroughly enjoy speaking with you. I, we go all over the place. It's so exciting. <laughs> well, and it's like, I get done with these conversations and I'm like electric because this is like yeah. so exciting for me. I just, I just love it. So we will circle back and have another conversation because I know that there's going to be in the next few months, there will be plenty more to have a conversation about. So sure I, will. Um, I am just going to hold space for you to find awe every day and you that your, your, that sense of home that you are seeking just arrives and mm sweeps you off your feet. Why? Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll talk to you soon. Okay.